You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. So all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. This is the TSR podcast. Back again with episode six. Uh, had some te- technical difficulties um, last time trying to record, so we are going to call this the real episode six. So glad uh, we can record tonight. Give you all some good stuff to talk about. Bo, how you doing, man? You doing all right? I'm doing good, man. Uh, work week's coming to a close. I'm happy to be on with you. Yeah, man. A lot of good football stuff to talk about here, man. We got that Super Bowl coming up, right? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Um, real quick, but I want to go down. So everybody, if you don't know already, I'd be very surprised. But the Super Bowl matchup is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, it's going to be an awesome game. I think it's a lot of the Kansas City offense versus the San Francisco defense. But I want to talk about some of the matchups we're going to see in that game, or at least the matchups that I think are going to be really cool to watch. So the first one I want to talk to you about, Bo, is the top tight ends in the NFL, I think everyone would agree, is George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I'm sure you could sprinkle in some other names. Um, actually, I don't know if you can with Gronk <laughs> being gone. I yeah, mean, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't I guess think I see it. I mean, at, at one point, I guess Zach Ertz's name could have been in there. He's, I would probably go three. Number three, if, they're the, okay. if there's a top yeah, five. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, and that's not bad being three. You know, yeah, no, no yeah. disrespect to I think Mark Andrews has worked his way up in there in this conversation now. Okay, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, 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 absolutely Mark Andrews has worked his way in there, that's for sure. But, all right, so what I'm going to ask first is, Bo, who's better? You know, you're starting a team, and you get to either take Kelsey or you take Kittle. Which guy are you going with? Uh, I'm personally the way I like the style of football and that I would like, and the, I think the style I would coach if I was to be a coach, I would, I would take George Kittle and it would be, I mean, it'd probably be tough and I'd probably take George Kittle because I'm sure some guy would take Kelsey ahead of me. You know what I mean? And so I, I think I would take George Kittle. I like his blocking, crisp routes, his intensity, he's a good leader, all that. So good character. So would you say, would you say Kittle is better? Um, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion, I think so, so brings, I guess what I'm saying brings, is who's brings, number one? he brings a more number one for me is Kittle. Number two is Kelsey. OK, OK. And I, and, and I think I think Kittle brings you a more complete package. Not that they're both not, you know, great A plus tight ends. I think Kittle brings you just a just that edge, you know, in the trenches that, that you just love from a tight end. But he's still willing. He's not willing. He's still like, you know, great at splitting out. And running routes, you know, and going one on one with some of the best DBs in football, and and making them look like a fool sometimes. Yeah, so I'm gonna agree with you there. I would take Kittle. I'd give Kittle the the slight advantage. Um, no disrespect to Kelsey whatsoever. Obviously, we all know that he's an unbelievable talent at the tight end position. But I think what's so impressive is how good Kittle is. And again, no disrespect to Garoppolo, but Patrick Mahomes is an, a generational passer, and I know I think generational that word is thrown around way too much in drafts nowadays. I think you can be like a once in a decade type player, but a lot of people are saying a lot of guys are generational, and I don't think that's true. But Patrick Mahomes is actually a generational type passer. Absolutely. Um, you know, from the arm angles he can throw it from, the power he can throw it from, he's even mobile. I just everything about him is generational. 
if he stays behind a healthy O-line for his career and has a guy like Andy Reid, he could be in the Tom Brady category where, like you say, he he defies like a decade type player or like his era type player. And he'll he'll touch, you know, how like Brady's like touched four different decades or three different decades mm-hmm. with his career. Pat Mahomes with a good offensive line could do something like that, in my he opinion. A- he absolutely could. And, and the thing I'm saying about Kelsey is, you know, Kittle doesn't have a quarterback like Mahomes, and I don't think any other tight end in the NFL has a quarterback like Mahomes. Kelsey is the only guy that has that privilege of catching passes from that guy that can basically he, – he throws his guys open. Absolutely. You, know, you don't have to be open. He's going to throw you open, and yep. he's going he's gonna to fit it through tight windows. You know, hell, he may even throw it left-handed. You know, he's done that a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. So, he, so basically – No look. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you, like you said, uh, Kittle's blocking – is you know Kelsey's a good blocker too, but Kittle just lives for it, and his competitive spirit is awesome. Um, I think we've talked about that quite a bit on the TSR podcast. So I'm gonna give Kittle the advantage as well, and that's I would say Kittle is the number one tight end in the league. Kelsey is the uh, number two. All right, so here's this question, Bo: Which tight end has a better game? Uh, I think Kelsey would probably put more yards on the board. That's what I think too. But, catches yards, but I mean, I wouldn't downplay what what Kittle's doing. That you're probably not what you probably don't have your eyes on unless you're like really the run blocking for, stuff like or, that or, or downfield blocking. Not downfield even. Blocking. I mean, I mean anything. I mean, just really help out. Just just helping out, finding work in the pass blocking game. You know, if he doesn't leave the line, it's just something weird. You know what I mean? He's good at all of it. Yeah, so I think Kelsey's gonna win this matchup in this game just because I think. The, the Kansas City offense, you know, it's not anything different than what they normally do. They're going to come out explosive, want to put points on the board. And something I see with this this game is Kansas City has made a kind of a bad knack for itself. The last two games, they, they got behind by a couple of scores, but obviously they had the explosive ability to come back and win those games by a couple of scores. But I, I'm going to be honest with you, but if they do that in this game, I don't know if they can come back. If they let San Francisco get up, say seventeen to nothing or, or twenty-one nothing, yep. I, I, San Francisco's too good of a team to do that. I, I don't know. The, they run the ball too well. They're too exactly. pre- too well prepared. So they cannot allow that to happen. But the next matchup I want to talk about is Mahomes versus that 49ers defense. Um, you know, I would say who would be the winner or loser here. I think Mahomes is going to get his either way. I think. The biggest thing for the 49ers defense is they have got to get pressure on Mahomes. If you let that guy sit back there and have time, he's going to pick you apart every day of the week. He really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think I think the Niners, uh, the Niners offense has a lot of pressure to keep Pat Mahomes off the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good take on that. They absolutely do. Because like you were, you know, me and you were talking, this wasn't anything even being recorded. Me and you were talking about it uh, the other night and you were saying that, you know, basically the best way to, you know, beat Patrick Mahomes is to not let Mahomes beat you. Don't let him be on the field. Don't give him the opportunity, because if you give the guy the opportunity, he's too talented not to take, you know, not to take advantage. If you give he give him give him a centimeter, he takes he takes a yard. Just, right. you, you can't give him any room. No, yeah, absolutely. You can't give him any room. He, he's going to thread the needle. You know he will. Absolutely. absolutely. So, so, bro, where do you give the – who has the coaching advantage in this? Okay, you got Andy Reid, who's been in the Super Bowl before. It's been a while, though. Okay. Yeah. 
He's been in the Super Bowl before as a head coach. Obviously, that was with the Eagles. They lost to the Patriots. I remember watching that game as a kid. I hated Tom Brady then so much, and it killed me to see him uh, beat Donovan McNabb, who was my favorite player at the time. But you've got Andy Reid, who's offensive-minded. The guy's a quarterback guru. Yeah. Okay? And then on the other side of the, the um, sidelines, you've got – Kyle Shanahan, who has also been in a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan, if you know, I don't know if anybody out there forgot, he was the offensive coordinator for um, the Falcons in their Super Bowl against the Patriots. And that same offense went off in that game, and the defense let them down. Man, both both guys have lost Super Bowls in rough rough fashions, man. Very rough fashions. I would you know I would argue that Kyle's was worse. Yeah, uh, word biggest comeback in like NFL history or something yeah. done in so, the Super Bowl. Where do you give the coaching advantage here? Who would you go with? I'm, I mean, just I'm gonna say from experience and probably experience on with the coordinators because I'm sure Reed has taken a lot of his staff with him around the league. Um, and I'll say I'll say the Chiefs have have the coaching experience. And I, I mean, I believe uh, in the well. I guess they have the edge, and it's because of their experience. I mean, Andy Reid's like you said, he's been a head co- he's been a head coach in a Super Bowl before, and I think, you know, just prepping your team from the head coach from being a head coach is different than prepping your guys as an offensive coordinator. You know, and just so many more responsibilities that come along with it. Super Bowl week, and I think Andy Reid will be prepared for it and be ready for it. Um, so on, on that, they probably have the coaching edge. But, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is going to come up with some great stuff. I mean, you saw that you saw that clip of him calling the penalty on uh, – what's his name? Uh, Chris King or the the cornerback. I can't that think That was first fantastic. Name. He was basically saying that Kittle wasn't able to break outside of his uh, – or get out of his break, basically, yeah. because he was holding him so much. The DB was holding mm-hmm. him so much. Said it was happening. Told the ref. He was like, just watch. It's going to happen. It happens immediately. The ref throws the flag. So that was an awesome moment to be mic'd up for, or for at least for the mics to pick it up. Um, it's, as, it's as good of a coaching battle as you're ever going to get in just any football game, period. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, Bo, would you say, you know, obviously there was the Sean McVay, like, craze, right? Yeah. But is, is Kyle Shanahan the best young coach in the NFL? <clears throat> or do you still give that to McVeigh, who has also been in the Super Bowl? You know, he I, lost. I, it, if, if I had a franchise, I'd hire Kyle Shanahan. Pedigree. That, okay, is that recency bias? No, I, I would say that goes back to that goes back to coaching in another Super Bowl. Now he's led a team to one as a head coach. I'd just okay. say, you know, and he's just his preparation is just insane. I, I would say, I would say Kyle is the best young coach in the NFL, and you know. It's it's really impressive, man. You know, and, and it started a run. It started a really big run on all these teams wanting fresh young minds. You're not looking for experience anymore. You want guys that are young, mid thirties or early forties that have new ideas and are more modern and things kind of, like they, that. And they kind of bond with the team a little different. You don't have as many as many older guys, it seems. You have a lot of guys coming out that are, you know, a lot of these dudes in there entering the league that come out early as juniors. They're not even 21 yet. They can't even legally have a drink. Exactly. You know? It's like what you what's like Joe Burrow's older than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's a young coach, young kids, high turnover. So that's what I think, you know, they, they need people that can get along with the team and keep the stars happy. And, and Bill, I'm going to touch on something that me and you were talking about and you brought to my attention. There's two other coaches on different sidelines in this game that are were were in the running for head coaching jobs not too long ago. 
Yep. One, one coach is for the uh, Chiefs, one coach is for the 49ers. So I want you to tell me how you think that matchup is and what, what, what you think other coaches or GMs are looking for in that from those two guys. Well, I mean, obviously everyone heard the uh, Eric Bieniemy his his whole, you know, getting passed up for for jobs. Uh, and and I agree. I mean, I think I think he's earned his his right to be out there uh, coaching a team and you know, given, you know, bringing his culture, implementing his style, his game, you know, his game plan, show everybody what he can do. And I think he'll get it really soon every year. I mean, was it just last year we had six teams or so turn, you know, turnover head coaches. And I believe after this year, you'll see a bunch of turnover and head coaches, you know, after the 2020, 21 season, you'll see hit a ton of turnover in coaches. Um, so I think both of them, their game plan, the way they execute it, uh, down the stretch, especially if this game is close and gets played out down the stretch, not, you know, one team is not getting blown out I mean, they're both up for uh, head coaching jobs. I think Robert Salah, or I think that's how you Salah is, how you say his name. Uh, he's been coaching Salah. in the NFL. Sala, he's been coaching the NFL 15 years. You know, what I'm, I mean, it's it's his it's about time for him him as well. And if he shuts down Patrick Mahomes, I mean, <laughs> he's gonna have a head coaching job in no time. Give him the job. Give Are you kidding me? He if he, if he shuts Mahomes down in the Super Bowl, I'm firing my head coach. Let me have him. Exactly. I mean, good God. Um, Bo, I don't know if you just heard that, the the sound come through the mic right then, but we just now had breaking news that Antonio Brown has turned himself into police uh, after the warrant was issued for his arrest stemming from the incident in Florida. Um, so I just thought I'd let you guys know. Me and Bo are going to break down some more about Antonio Brown here in a little bit, but I just want to let you know that that breaking news just came out. Wow. I don't know that just happened. Um. Anyway, man, moving on, and one of the other matchups I think is really cool is D. Ford versus his former team in the Super Bowl. I think that's no, awesome. That. And D. Ford even said, you know, there's no bad blood, nothing like that. You know, I'm here to compete, which is what you want to hear. You don't want to hear of any drama going on or anything like that. Um, we all know D. Ford had an incredible season last season, and he's fit in well with the 49ers. And um, – I don't know, Matt. We'll see if he can get get to his old quarterback and cause some disruptive plays, and um, you know, get it get in the pocket and cause some troubles for Mahomes. Uh, I fully expect he will. I think um, I think the 49ers D coordinator is going to be drawing all kinds of plays up. I can't wait to see Nick Bosa personally. Nick Bosa has had an awesome season, some amazing moments this year. Um, and it's going to be really cool to see him in the Super Bowl. Uh, I guess he's got the bragging rights over his brother Joey at this point. Yeah, just yeah. just for now, right? That's, I'd say so. But, but did you me, see? Did you ahead. see Joey? Joey was going to be barely giving Nick pointers or something about the Chiefs because he plays them twice <laughs> yeah. a year. Yeah, that brotherly love, man. Oh, brotherly yeah. love. Um, so, but I wanted to tell you this right here. So, obviously, high school recruiting and college recruiting and stuff like that is very big nowadays, right? And it's it's always about who gets the next five star, who gets the next four star, right? Everybody yep. wants those five stars. Well, bro, let me let me tell you something right now that caught me so off guard when I saw this earlier, and it really goes to show that it doesn't matter about stars; it matters about how much confidence you have in yourself and how much work you put in. So, bro. The starting lineups, basically, so that means the offense and the defense of both teams, okay? There are only four five stars in the Super Bowl. Really? Four? There's only four, there's only four or five stars that are starting. Wow. Combined of both teams. There are eight four stars, 
Now listen to this. 16 three stars. That's just God. You can that just goes to show you the work the college teams put in on these kids. Absolutely, man. And then you got nine two stars, and there are seven that are unranked. I love that. Now listen to this. Now this is both the offensive lines. There are zero five stars. There's one four star, two three stars, and four two stars. And there's three unranked. Man, I tell, tell, me, I, tell me that doesn't blow your mind, man. It, it does, and, and and you know what? It makes sense. Because the offensive line is such a hard position to get recognition at at a young age. Unless you unless you come in and you're the only six six, two hundred and seventy pound kid on your high school varsity team. I mean, you gotta somehow you gotta stand out. You gotta play both ways or something. That's how most of the kids that I knew, you know, that played offensive line that weren't, you know, humongous guys growing up, they played both ways and they were good at defense too. And they Absolutely. got it got people to watch them on offense as well. And so I think I, I love I love hearing that that the offensive line is is a bunch of guys that probably have had a chip on their shoulder since a young age. Yeah, and see, it goes to show, man. And you know, being a big college football fan that I am, and keeping up with it as much as I do, you know, there there are a lot of guys that you know I remember being recruited, you know, a couple of years ago that were just three stars, and now there are lockdown. They are locked down corner for their team on one of the best SEC teams. Yeah, so, I think that's a huge and, and, too. And, and starts and starts over a five star. Yeah, and it's it's unbelievable. Honestly. It seems how much and, better you know, people can get. Exactly, and I'm not trying to say anything about five stars because obviously you've got to be that talented and that good at your craft to be a five star. But it seems like what I think it would be a lot of times is the guys that are the lower stars have more of a chip on their shoulder and they have that workman mentality yeah they can't like, afford to take a day for, off yeah you know like these five stars you know, they're getting all the recognition well i'm gonna work till i get it yeah i agree yeah i think so, it's like you said like i was saying that early chip that early chip that on early shirt. chip man will do everything for a player it yep. really really will absolutely but bo so also oh by the way guys i wanted to say that that info about the recruiting came from ncaa football nation and you can find them at NCAA F Nation 247 on Twitter. I just want to give a shout out, say where I got that information from. But guys, like we're talking about Kansas City, they were in the first Super Bowl ever, and they're now in the 100th Super Bowl. Andy Rudy's going to be in his second Super Bowl. Can he win it? I guess we will see. Tyreek Hill said that no one can match up with us. And when the Chiefs are healthy, man, I I think that may be true. I think the best. I think this is the best chance for someone to match up with them. That defense for the 49ers is fast. They're strong. Yep. They're versatile, and they play. I I don't even know how to um, describe how they play. They when they hit you, they want you to feel it. Like they want you to know they're there. They're not. They just play with to, discipline also at the exactly, same time. Exactly. They come to make a statement. Yeah, and there's they don't play any one way either. You know, they're not just a pass rush defense, or they're not just a run defense with they're okay and you know in the in the you know in in coverage. they do they do it all when they have to pretty well. And I think a big thing in this game is going to be so obviously last game guys y'all know you know if you watch the game Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times when they beat the Packers and I mean the score ended up being closer than what that game really was. It was, um, it was dominated for about it three, was a do- three, it was a half, three quarters. <laughs> so so Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball eight times, had six completions. So basically they ran, ran the ball with Raheem Mostert the entire time. 
Now, my question is, can the Chiefs shut down? You know, the Chiefs just pr- practically shut down the guy who had the rushing title in the regular season, Derrick Henry, c- held him to 69 yards rushing on like 16 attempts, right? Yeah. After everybody said that, you know, Derrick Henry. second just half, went. you know. Exactly. Crazy. So my thing is, what, what I worry about if I was a 49ers fan, I would be worried is, okay, if the Chiefs hone in on the rushing, yeah, and you but, know they start. They start the, to stop. The Niners' them. offensive line has got to win up front, big time. They do, they do. And as a 49ers fan, I would be worried. Okay, do I trust Garoppolo enough to win this game by, with his arm? And I if don't he starts know. getting hit a lot, there's no telling. If if he goes down four times this game, he could be seeing ghosts like like Darnold. Exactly. To, I mean, if he gets four hard hits, I mean, not like rolling out, dragged down by his ankles. I mean, talking about he gets up limping once and keeps playing. Mm. I, I don't I don't know, man. It's something because and I, and I you know, if it's coming down to a QB competition, I've taken my homes, you know, e- every time. And I don't know whether or not because this Chiefs this Chiefs defense isn't no slouch. They, they picked up Tyron Matthew in the, the offseason. He's played fantastic for them. He's he's like shifted the culture of that defense. He has. He really has. And by the way, it's awesome to see him in a Super Bowl. I think him and him and Frank Clark just add such a tenacity to the defense. I they mean, really do. I mean, him after the I, I thought his words against uh, about Derrick Henry last week were a little brash, saying he's easy to tackle. But I mean, boy, did they back it up in that second? They half. backed it up, man. And, and boy, did they back too, that up? Another thing too, Chris Jones is coming for that payday, guys. Oh, and Chris dude, Jones is going to be a free agent after this season. Chris yeah. Jones is coming out after that money. Did he's showing how dominant right? he is on limited oh. snaps. On what limited snaps, about? he is still just killing it. And I and what's kind of sad is I still feel like there are people out there that don't really know like much about Chris Jones, and I, I don't know. Like I feel like he's Quiet. caught, and I, I think he's caught between being a household name and not being one. I, I feel mean, like he's, he's definitely a household names in Chief, in Chief Kingdom. Oh, absolutely. You know, but and and I'd say if you're in that conference, you know who Chris Jones is. But like oh, you know, the rest Jones. of the league, uh, you're right. It's kind of with with names like Frank Clark around there, and you know, and D Ford was there, and then Terrell Suggs joining late just kind of takes Matthew, away. You know, Terrell like, Suggs isn't doing a lot, but but basically, Bo, another thing to go with the San Francisco 49ers, Richard Sherman's back in the Super Bowl, man. Now, is he talking as much trash as he did the first time around? Probably not. I think he's, he's pretty close. <laughs> I mean, he talks a lot of trash. That's just who, who Richard Sherman is, man. But um, like I said, I don't know if Garoppolo can win this game with his arm. Um, I said the 49ers have to get pressure on Mahomes. Um, but another interesting little tidbit here, Bo, a uh, offensive assistant for the 49ers, who is a female, is going to be the first female to coach in the Super Bowl, and her name is Katie Sowers. And but also, Katie Sowers is also the first openly gay coach to coach in the Super Bowl. You know, and I and I love and I love that that's the first time I'm hearing that because it's it's been mostly about just her and like her breaking through for women. You know, yeah, not, and just, it not just gay be, people. And it I needs mean, to be about exactly. It needs to be yeah. about both. It's a breakthrough it about, for yeah. both. Yeah, it, and I, I and I, I do. They've got the commercials out with her and stuff. You know, and they've. They've really made it about about her, you know, being a woman breaking through, and 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 like you said about being an openly gay woman, and and no no one cares about that, you know. And I think it's really I I love it. I think it's great for the game. It's just like the Spurs. I think the Spurs have a have a female coach as well. 
And well, now, and and females are refing too. Well, well, a big thing is anyone who out there who thinks that women don't belong anywhere near football or in coaching staffs or uh, in training rooms or anything like that need to get a reality check because Garoppolo came out and said himself that no one understands what Katie Sowers says for that team, the morale of that team, how much work she puts in with special teams. He said that she goes above and beyond, and and I, I can't wait for there to be more women like that coaching on other teams. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen, too. All Sam it takes Wilson. is one, man. All it takes yeah. is one. And, and it's going to start happening. I'm sure there are plenty of women out there that probably have been passed up in the jobs for for um, for guys and oh, yeah. probably more than likely deserve the job. And there's probably a – there's there, I mean, you know how many coaches there are on the NFL that, that were never good enough athletes to play in the NFL, but, they're, but they know enough about the game that they coach in the NFL? There's plenty you, of those dudes. Did you see that Katie Sowers played, uh, I believe it was high school football? I don't know if I told you that, but I think I heard that, yeah. So so she uh, she was a quarterback, and I was watching some of her highlights the other day. She could sling it. She well, actually I, I could sling it, man. Like It was uh, pretty, pretty darn impressive. But So that was, that was awesome to see. Um, so – Congratulations, Katie Sowers. That's an awesome achievement. I hope there are many more achievements to come for you. Um, Bring it on. And I hope you're just the first of many female assistant coaches. One day, maybe there'll even be a head coach. It'd be pretty awesome to see her get control of special teams for a team. You know, just be a special teams coordinator. That'd be cool. But but keep leading the way, Katie. That's that's awesome. Um, And we love to hear that here at TSR. So, Bo, I'm going to go ahead and give my prediction for the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs are a minus one point favorite, um, and the over under is fifty four and a half. Um, the 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 spread is kind of weird to me. I, I I don't the minus one point. I guess is that Vegas saying it's going to be that close? Well, I'm looking at uh, the one I'm looking at says minus one and a half. So so okay, I'm going by ESPN. ESPN okay. just just brought theirs back to uh, minus one. Just went down. Okay. It just went down, which obviously they shaved off half of you know half of it. So yeah, it's, in there. Yeah. It's, not, it's not really going to matter. But to the betting people, it matters. You know, if I yeah, had money on the game, I think I'd they think be, it's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. Well, okay. So then you got the over and under. Do you think the over and under is too high, fifty four and a half, or do you think it's too low? I think it, I think it's just right, honestly. Okay. Well, I guess I think they're going to go over it, but it, I mean, I wouldn't go any higher than fifty five or fifty six for it because you never right. know. So what I'm saying is my prediction, the over, I would be over. Yeah, I um, mean, it, the over is going to get hammered for sure. Exactly. So my prediction, guys, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl uh, 38 to 31. Um, I just I think Mahomes is so good, and I think I think the 49ers are going to be able to get to him. I think the 49ers are going to be able to score on the Chiefs defense. But I feel like the Chiefs' offense is so explosive. I don't know who's going to be able to. Obviously, it won't be just one guy. And, you know, Bo, you were saying yourself, you know, are the Chiefs going to try to target Sherman? Are they going to try to get Tyreek Hill line up on Sherman? Because I think, again, Richard Sherman is a great cornerback. He's an all-time great. But Tyreek Hill is going to win that matchup probably – Six times out of ten, or seven times out of ten. And, and I mean, in the other times, he's a heck of a decoy because there's a lot yeah, of speed. On, there's a, a lot decoy, of speed man. everywhere else. You know, they have, like, like we were talking about the other day, but we were talking about how Mahomes has just picked apart zone zone coverages this year. 
right? Yeah. And then when you then when you play man to man, disguised ones too. Exactly. And then when you play man to man, he has two of the best uh, one on one cheat codes. Two of them, in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So he's gonna find holes. It's gonna happen. Um, I think the Chiefs are just able to get that one more score than Garoppolo or the 49ers are gonna be able to get. I don't think the problem I see with San Francisco is star power on that offense. Sure, yeah. Jimmy GQ is a star. Sure, George Kittle is obviously a star. But where do you go after that? Yeah, I, you know, I agree. Where, I mean, where, Tevin where Coleman's not quite a star, you know, in my opinion. No, uh, he's not I mean, quite a star. You know, not quite a star. Raheem Mostert may have just become one overnight. Yeah, but yeah. but I don't I mean, know if that's going to translate he's to the not, Super Bowl. Raheem Mostert will not run for 200 in the Super Bowl. No, he will not. Not, and that's not a bold prediction. <laughs> I don't know if he'll run for a hundred. <laughs> you but, don't. You, you never know with with Shanahan's game plan. Part of the reason he got two hundred yards is Tevin Coleman went out of the game. Well, the Forty well, ers offense is just great for taking guys that weren't seen as as great uh, athletes or players and turning them into stars at the running back position. Yeah, pretty quickly too. Very. I mean, look at look at when what a healthy Matt Breida does. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's just, he was the same thing. It's same thing as Mostert when he hit the scenes. Like who is this guy? Exactly. He's running, he's running super so hard. Fast. Breida's so fast. Oh yeah. Uh, Breida just struggles with injuries. Hard. Yeah, he runs very hard. Then you got Mostert. Then you got Tevin Coleman. And these are, obviously Tevin Coleman. I would say was the most talented guy out of those three. I would say that's pretty obvious. But still, I mean. He makes any of these running backs look good. He does. It's kind of Andy Reid kind of does the same thing. He really does. I mean, so, he, if you look at his running backs, his, I mean, he made what's his uh, Brian Westbrook, I think that was his name back in uh, back in Philly. Yeah, Brian, Brian Westbrook, man. Don't, now, come on. What were you about to say about Brian Westbrook? Brian Westbrook's one of my all-time favorites. I wouldn't say anything bad. I was saying he developed him great. You oh, know he did develop him yeah. great. Yeah. Brian Westbrook is a Philadelphia and, and he usually. He usually had a couple backs coming out behind him that you know got jobs elsewhere too. You're right. You're absolutely. He, he could right. definitely. He could. He can. The way he uses the running back helps the running back develop. Like he 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 makes sure that he makes sure that that running back is doing something to his strengths. In my opinion. You're right. You're absolutely right, Bo. So guys, we just broke down the Super Bowl now, Bo. You do have to give your your pick, your prediction for the Super Bowl, the winner. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I well, I think last week I went with the 49ers. Uh, I think I'm gonna stick with them. Uh, I even though we, you know, we so we we agreed that Andy Reid. I think we both agreed Andy Reid was the the coaching edge in, in it. But I I just love the 49ers team. I think they're the complete package. Um, that defense, that, man, defense wins yeah, championships. I think exactly. I think down the. I'm not gonna call a late turnover, but they have what it takes, and especially in consistent pass rush, they have what it takes to like force something late. If it had, you know, if that, if that was the way it was to go down, you know, I think, and, that, and that's probably something like that is what's going to, it's going to come down to somebody making a stop in the fourth. You know, it's going to come down to something like that late in the fourth. Someone's going to have to play some defense. And I like the 49ers to do that. I mean, it's a one point spread for a reason. They're going to call, they're going to call a Richard Sherman in, in the gang to, to make a play. And I think they're in a better position to make the play. Okay, I like that prediction, bro. I always like being on opposite sides. Of our did, yeah, did you want did you want like a point prediction or not? Yeah, go ahead and give me a point one. Like I said, mine's Chiefs thirty eight thirty one. Go ahead and give me yours. Uh, I'm still I'm gonna go 
probably a little closer. I went 34, 31 last week. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to bring it in a little bit closer to the spread. Uh, 30, 35, 33. Okay. I like that. I like that real close. It's a two point game instead of a three point game. Okay. I like that, bro. Well, guys, we're going to move on here to the pro bowl because that is actually what's going on right now as this is being recorded. Um, Bo, something fun I want to talk to you about. So obviously the pro bowl has changed over the years. Uh, some of the competitions they do and things like that. So, one of there's two competitions I want them to bring back, and it'd be the only two competitions I probably watched the uh, the Pro Bowl for. One is the QB challenge: who can throw it the farthest. The distance throw. The distance throw, and yeah. my contestants personally. Now, now you can tell me someone you think should be in there, but my contestants right now would be Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. I put Cam Newton. Does it, um, are you now? Do you want to base like that off? This year's Pro Bowlers who would throw it the furthest? No, 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 no. I'm just saying if I if I have my my choice. Okay, NFL the league right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm taking Cam Newton, and in parentheses I have healthy shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if he tried to throw that ball right now, he would not be. Tear, I don't tear know, it wide open. go with it. So, and then I have Josh Allen. Oh, yeah, I was about to say that for sure. So is there anyone else, Bo, you see me leaving out? So like I said, I have Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Cam Newton, and Josh Allen. Is there anyone else deep for bombers. a minute? Who would you just say? Did you say that you're just looking for some deep bomber here? Yeah, I'm trying to deep bombers, like, like big on stream. Like, um, like, for instance, I was thinking for a minute – uh, and then I just kind of backed out of it. I thought for a minute would make my list. I thought about putting Joe Flacco. Back in the day, Joe Flacco could sling the ball like it was yeah. nobody's business. But now I don't know. Yeah. You know, definitely could back in the day. I mean, throw it the furthest. I mean, I also thought about I bet, Big I bet, Ben. Yeah, Big Ben. But like you said, parentheses, healthy elbow. Yeah. You know, and I mean, just he's he's got that problem. I think if he threw with threw the ball wide open, he probably hurt himself. You know, that Sam Darnold's got a cannon. You know who I just remember? You know, you know who I didn't put in this, but hmm. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I thought you did. I'm sorry. Listen, now, now people, I, now, I want y'all, I want y'all to keep in mind that you're you're a host of the TSR podcast. In a in a, a contest to see who could throw the ball the furthest, forgot to include the guy that can throw 65 yards from his knees. <laughs> so I'm gonna put my homes in that. And now, so let me ask you this, bro. I'm gonna give yeah, you this list. Deshaun Watson can sling it too. Deshaun Watson can too, but I don't know if he's on the same level as like Rodgers and Stafford. And that. Josh Allen, I think, could probably throw the furthest ball in the league other than Mahomes, dude. Really? Just from just from rearing back okay, okay, and stuck so, okay. in that thing. So you got okay. So you got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Cam Newton with a healthy shoulder, Stafford, Rodgers. Who you taking? Who's your money on? You're a betting guy. Who's your money on? Dude, I mean, youth in the arm, dude. I mean, I'm probably get some great odds. I, dude, I'm love Josh Allen to chuck that thing super oh, far. No. How about this? How about this? Him or Mahomes? No, no, no. How about this? They're all in their prime. Oh, dude. I mean, I'll probably put my money on my homes if I want the sure bet. If I want the good underdog, throw me Josh Allen. He'll he's got a cannon, absolute cannon. When he's just gonna, when he just has time and steps back and launches as far as he can. I mean, good God. So I, w- I would go. I would go with my homes as well. And then, like you said, my underdog would probably be Josh Allen. Yeah. Even everybody in their prime. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is another, but probably sure thing in his prime. But a lot of Josh people get mad that we didn't say Rodgers. 
But yeah. I think people don't give Josh Allen the credit he deserves. If anyone has ever thrown so, that, yeah. seen, seen that man throw a football, that man can sling it out of the stadium. It isn't. He could. I probably throw it end to end like it's nothing. It's unreal, man. But like you, I said, I think Mahomes would win that uh, challenge. Yeah. Um, Bo, the other, and I really wish they still had this. Um, it's the fastest man in the NFL where they line these guys up beside each other and like it was like a five lanes and saw who got to the end first. And so it was who like, do you think I think would win that, that today. Okay, so so here's here's my contestants. You got Tyreek Hill, okay, mm-hmm. John Ross, Ted Marquise Ginn, Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin, Ted Ginn, Miko Hardman, and Marquise Brown. I like that list. I like that list. Um, I, and the only person I thought about adding was Oregon's uh, or former Oregon player DeAnthony Thomas, um, who a lot of times guys would see him. Tyreek Hill would be returning a punt, and DeAnthony Thomas would be on the opposite side of the field and come and meet him and like you know high five going to the end zone. DeAnthony Thomas is a freaky fast, but I decided to leave him out because I, I don't think people really know who he is. So like like I said, guys, our contestants are for the fastest man in the NFL in a race. Tyreek Hill, John Ross, and John Ross, everyone knows, is the guy yeah. who broke the 40 uh, 40-yard dash record uh, with a 4-2-2. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr., who who himself has come out on Twitter and said, I am the fastest in the NFL. Miko uh, Hardman and Marquise Brown. And Marquise Marquise Goodwin. He didn't he win that million dollar race against somebody or something like that? Yeah, it was like a five hundred thousand dollar race. But I see, but see, didn't he, but none of these guys were in it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah, like, who I agree. take it? Who you take it? Are you still sticking with Tyreek Hill? You, you know, you know who was super fast in their prime? Pat Peterson. Pat Peterson Stup- was stupid was fast fun. in his prime. No, no, no. You want to know who was stupid fast? Champ Bailey. Yeah, true. Hundred percent. He's 99 on Madden speed. Oh my gosh, man. Let's so, show. Who who you take? Are, are you going with Cheetah in this? Um, are you going with Tyreek Hill, or do you think? I would love to see John Ross line up against Hill. Both of them healthy. I mean, I would look, and then I would like to see Goodwin on that line as well, and uh, I'd I would probably take Tyreek Hill. So, technology says to take John Ross, right? I mean, but, at the combine, but, when you've been training film, for the combine, the film people, and what a lot of people don't understand is a forty-yard dash time has nothing to do with on-field. No. no one understands that you're running on um, a lot of times different. You're running on either turf or grass, okay? And also adrenaline. Adrenaline will add another gear, people. Clearly, yeah, I mean, it did with Tyreek Hill. Guys Tyreke with track Hill, and field background have a huge advantage. Well, Ty- Tyreek Hill didn't even. I, I don't. I would. I need to see all of these guys forty times. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill ran a slower forty than his teammate Miko Hardman, but Tyreek Hill's faster than Miko Hardman. So, yeah. so on field speed is much different. And also at the combine, these guys are nervous. These guys are nervous. You're not going to perform your best. But when you have a guy chasing you down, trying to tackle you, and you have the football, and all you're thinking about is, hey, I'm a score, you're you're going. So, like you said, I'm probably going to take Tyreek Hill. I think it would be close with John Ross, though. Yeah, it'd be neck and neck. Um, But moving on here, Bo, now something you also brought to my attention. It's been a lot of good stuff you brought to my attention, Bo. You (laughs) asked me. I was pretty late with those topics, though. Still you were late, hey, but you always show up. You show up late, but with good gold material. Thank so, Bo, you asked me, is the Pro Bowl still relevant when talking about making it into the Hall of Fame? Didn't you said, I mean, All Pro is the goal, right? Yeah, I think I think All Pro 
is the real stature that they all you know would like to reach. You know, well, everyone mean, knows I mean, all all pro is better. So it's so it's kind of like in the NBA. You know, oh, it's great to be an all star, but yeah. did you make first team or second yeah, team first all NBA? Team, really, like, first team all pro is what you look, really. That's what stands out. And you get seven all pros. You're, oh, I mean, you're, you're pretty much locking yeah, it's, that it's in. Locked. You're locked. You get five, you're almost locking that in. You know what I so, mean? So, you're almost decade-long, you know, great player. So, so, Bo, I thought about this some, okay? So I thought about this, and I think it depends on the position. I, I think yeah. I think it depends. I think I, it can be a lot of discrepancy between an offensive pro bowler and a defensive pro bowler. Because and, and the first one that came to mind, and I'm not trying to be biased here in any way, shape, or form, but it's just the first guy that I thought about was Geno Atkins for Cincinnati, also a former Georgia Bulldog, right? Okay, well, he, he plays defensive tackle, yeah. right? He's also an eight-time pro bowler. How, yeah. how many eight-time eight pro bowlers do you really even know of at the tackle? Well, see, and that's what I was thinking, though, is like if if the Pro Bowl, it, it's not like it's not relevant. It's going to be counted into their career, you know, when the Hall of Fame starts choosing their finalists. But, you know, the fan voting and all that, you know, popular players, you know, that may not have had a con- like a controversial seasons. I think uh, Marquise Pouncey almost made this Pro Bowl. I, I don't even know. He might have sat out because of an injury or something, but he didn't really have much business being on a Pro Bowl team. Okay, so let yeah. me let me say this. I don't think I think I think I'm if you're gonna, to give the you gotta have a lot of Pro Bowls for it to really really matter. You gotta have a bunch right. like Gina. Right. Okay, yeah, you know, exactly. Like eight eight is enough for it to be like okay for you know for eight years, eight out of ten years, you were the man. You know, you were one of the guys. You know what I mean? And but, go ahead. I would say like you know five five Pro Bowls and like no All Pros. It's not gonna really get you anywhere. Yeah, and I think I if, mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Gino's a two-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team. But basically, I'm gonna try to give the fans some credit here. So I obviously I vote every year for the Pro Bowl. I vote I vote every year for it. And, and I'm really debating this as a guy. Say, take Super Bowl rings out of the equation, because if you win three or four Super Bowls, but you were somehow you went under the radar as a QB. You know, people think you're gonna have this amazing career. You might still get this Hall of Fame nod later on down the line. Mm-hmm. But just let's just think about this from a no ring standpoint. And this is like a, you know, Dan Marino. His his stats are all time is what really carried his weight. Is that that carried all the weight? He had no Super Bowls to come, you know, to put, you know, for his conversation. It was it was all his All Pros and Pro Bowls and his stats and how great he was. So you know, t- think of his guy without a ring. And I think, you know, you want to we want All Pros and it's just. Has you know? Do you think I don't know how they used to do it back in the day for the Pro Bowl? Because I mean, now we have the internet. We can all just go to your phone and submit as many Pro Bowl votes as you want for your favorite player. You know, I'm not really sure how they did it in 1980. So well, well my thing is, you know, they like like you, when you know you started saying that, and I said, you know, on one side, you know, I think that you know Geno Atkins had a defensive tackle or guys like Fletcher Cox and stuff like that. There's no way those guys can get a lot of Pro Bowls. Because fans aren't excited to vote for a D tackle, Bo. They're not. They're they're excited to vote for uh, a running back, a quarterback, a wide receiver, or tight end maybe. It's not as flashy of a position. It's not as flashy. So, so and, and when you said you know maybe they only vote for famous players or players they know, right? So say yeah. say I say I'm a fan, and I don't watch a whole lot of football. I don't keep up with it a lot, but I'm a fan of some of the players, right? Yeah. So we're just gonna go through this little uh, theory here. So I'm a fan, 
and I find out that you can vote for players to get on the Pro Bowl. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm the one fan out of every 20 that's going to watch the Pro Bowl. So who would I want to see there? It's not who deserves it. You know what? That fan's probably going to go on there, and they're going to vote. Obviously, this year, Odell Beckham did not deserve to make the Pro Bowl, but who would that fan want to see in the catching competition? He's going to want to see Mr. Odell Beckham. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's, yeah. he, and, and even though, like, you know, if he doesn't watch football or something, or he or she doesn't watch football, you know, Michael Thomas obviously delivers it, like, or deserves it, but who do they know more? Who 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 makes he does, more? He definitely does it in a less flashy way. Exactly. Michael and Thomas flashiness did. grabs fans. Flashing it is what fans want to see. And I can almost guarantee you, man, a lot of the fans that go to these Pro Bowls, if were if they could vote, if it could be like anonymous and they could vote, who would you rather see at this Pro Bowl right now in this uh, catching the best catcher competition, Odell Beckham or Michael Thomas? It don't matter if Michael Thomas had a career a career year this year yeah, breaking if, records. They want yeah. Odell Beckham. If he broke so, the single season yards record, they'd still probably pick Odell Beckham because he made a three finger catch falling down. Because because Odell made an incredible catch. Because he's got cool hair and he wears Supreme uh, armbands. That's why they want Odell Beckham. He's made a he's bunch flashy. of cool catches. I mean, not just that one. He's no, made no. A bunch just, of- Odell, and no disrespect to Odell, is an unbelievable player. But I, that's just I'm just trying to get that across to people. Um, yeah. But Bo, moving on, um, Eli Manning just retired, man. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I kept asking myself, like, you know, just kind of kind of picking on Eli in a way like, Oh, when's this guy going to retire? Right? Like, come on, Eli, just retire. Like give it up. And now that he's retired, I'm kind of sad. Well, yeah, it just seemed, you're right though. It kind of seemed like he was doing damage to his career more than helping it. Well, you know, clearly just... he, he, he ended up perfectly balanced, Bo. He, uh, retires at a career 500 record, uh, 117 to 117 in his career. Yeah. That's Went probably what did it. So, uh, Bo, Quick rundown of uh, Eli Manning. He was drafted number one overall in 2004 out of Ole Miss. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl MVP. He's seventh all-time in passing yards, and he's seventh all-time in passing touchdowns. How touchdown. many All-Pros does he have? This could help. This could help our our talk here. Yeah, never an All-Pro. Yeah, and he's got four Pro Bowls and no All-Pros, but he's got two Super Bowl rings and probably one of the most memorable, several of the most memorable plays of all time in Super Bowl lore. I mean. Is it he's he's still a Hall of Famer, but he has the, the passing stats to go along well, with it. Well, the guy also for for the while there, he was the only guy that get, was the Patriots kryptonite. Absolutely. And that matters over the course of NFL history. It, I mean, it matters. That's the, it matters that's to me a, as a fan. A, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's one of the bigger deals in the history of the NFL. Um, But listen to this guy. So Eli Manning is one of five players in NFL history to win multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Though the other four. Well, Bart Starr, who's in the Hall of Fame, Terry Bradshaw, who's in the Hall of Fame, Joe Montana, who's in the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady, who will obviously be in the Hall of Fame. Super Bowls will take you all the way to the Hall of Fame. Super Bowls will take you all the way there. He's also one of 12 quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowls. There's only yeah. been 12, man. I That caught me off guard. I did not think there were only 12 quarterbacks to win multiple, uh, multiple Super Bowls. It makes sense. It's incredibly hard feat. <laughs> but this may blow you away. So, Eli Manning retired as the the player who has made the most money over their career in NFL history. Really? He has made 
a total of $252 million. Good Lord. <laughs> and number two on that list is his brother, Peyton, at 249 I mean, would you think two rings is worth that much money? I think so. Oh, absolutely. Basically, the New York Giants paid out $250 million over the course of his career, and he won them two Super Bowls. I think it's worth it. Well, okay, let's think about this. Let's think about what you just said. Is two hundred fifty? Is two Super Bowls worth two, $252 million? All right, though. I can't remember the exact amount, but um, Matthew Stafford has won maybe one playoff game, maybe, in his career. And all it wasn't far off from signing a two hundred million dollar contract. So that answers your question right there. Yeah, it does that hurt to say as a Georgia fan? It's okay. That, that hurt to say. It's okay. Hard to get that up, but let let it out. But is he first ballot? though, in your opinion, is is Eli Manning a first ballot Hall of Famer? And I think this question uh, needs to be thought about more than just popping out with it. I think it deserves a lot of thought because at first, after reading those numbers and going through this stuff today, finding all this information, I was like, you know, of course he is. But then I don't know, thinking on it now, I don't know if he's first ballot. I don't think he will be first ballot. I I think it's going to be some tough competition coming up through the years when he gets eligible. So would you say he's first ballot, or are you saying are you are you coming towards my side? I'm I'm leaning your way, but I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked because he's a Manning if they don't get him in there. That okay? You just read my mind. Yeah, I mean seriously, because obviously Peyton's gonna be a people feel that way about the Hall of Fame. There's people, a lot of people out there who think the Hall of Fame plays favorites. (laughs) I, I believe that the Hall of Fame is political because they're gonna sell if you pick a a Manning. That Hall of Fame game, that ceremony, Canton, Ohio, everything is just going to be sold out. Everything, everywhere. Mm-hmm. There, everyone's going to. It's just, it's a Manning. The people from New York are going to drive down, flood that place. So what's going to yeah. happen? So, and obviously, you know, Peyton Manning is a first ballot. Peyton, Peyton yeah. Manning will 100% Shoot, be a first better ballot. be. He'd be better be. Riot. Oh, that'd be unreal if he uh, wasn't. There'd be a but, mob with pitchforks and flaming so, torches from Indi- from Indianapolis walking all the way to Canton, Ohio. So to recap, guys, basically we just figured out – we didn't figure anything out. We're saying – we figured out our own opinions yeah. um, that I believe that Eli Manning would just miss out on being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Bo said that he is also leaning this way with me but says that – the Manning last name could get him that first ballot. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a while from now. But no matter what, as much fun as it's been to make jokes about Eli's funny faces on the football field and Best faces. And, and stuff like that, I give so much credit to, to this guy's career. He's had an unbelievable one. I'll never forget watching the Tyree catch. I'll never forget watching him beat the Patriots twice. I'll never forget any of that stuff. It's been amazing to watch Eli Manning. Uh, I loved watching his brother as well. And the NFL is definitely going to miss the Mannings. Oh, uh, yeah. They're they're really going to miss the Mannings. The Mannings uh, sold tickets. But, I mean, they're still the ratings are still great. The NFL is king. But, they're of course, they're going to miss them. And they'll find a way to keep them around. They'll find a way. Yeah. They, they definitely, you know. Eli is going to end up. I can see. Could you not see Eli being like a quarterback coach somewhere? 
You know, I I see Eli more of a front office character. <laughs> Do you really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't what know. What would Peyton I mean, be? What would I don't, Peyton be? Would you the, see Peyton? None of the, the field none of the Mannings have ever seen to want to pursue the coaching route. I mean, all I mean, they took so much criticism for forty years of their life. You know, maybe, growing maybe. up the sons of Archie, going to big the Ole Miss in Tennessee, first round picks, both of them top five. I mean, I was Peyton number one. He probably was. I don't know. I can't remember. Peyton number one in the draft. Yeah. I believe he was. Yeah, I mean, two two sons of Olympics. Three or four decades of just of nonstop like spotlight and scrutiny. I'm sure that they'll both just. I mean, Peyton's making a ton doing commercials. You know what I mean? Well, maybe it, maybe it'll end up being um, maybe it'll end up being instead of just being Peyton's places. Maybe it'll be Peyton and Eli's places. I don't I don't see Eli being the type of guy that wants to go out and motivate his players and game plan for days and days on end you know i mean that, that takes it takes it takes more more time dedication to be in a coordinator in the nfl like more of your time studying the game being a student of the game than in, you know than as a player i mean you're the guy giving the player the material you got to yeah. know it all in and out every you got to know the player's learning one job maybe two to help out in his in his second team role or something or they might might be learning a, you know two positions one on special teams one on defense to make just to make the team but the coordinator's got to know 11 guys jobs in and out they at do. all times and and you're right you're right Peyton uh, has never really shown that he wants to to come back into coaching so, so I mean, it's a lot of pressure on them if they went to coaching. I mean, imagine how fast they had one good season or two. It'd be just launched straight to the top of the coaching tier. And then imagine the conversation. Oh, the Manning name, they're playing favorites. This guy got passed up. That guy got passed up. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? The headlines be, would be, be ridiculous. A, oh, man, it'd be a mess. I just don't know if I see them wanting to get back in that for a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Archie That's never did. That's why they're thinking, man. You probably just read both of their minds. Yeah. But moving on, Bo, we're going to talk about – Something else that looks like we have to keep talking about way too often and is on a uh, lesser note. I'm getting tired of talking about it, but here I'm going to bring the news to you guys because, you know, the TSR podcast is going to bring quality information. So, guys, going into it, Antonio Brown is the next topic. The saga continues. Uh, An arrest warrant with no bond was issued for Antonio Brown. Brown allegedly assaulted a truck driver that was bringing Brown his own belongings. Uh, Brown allegedly refused to pay the dryer his $4,000 that he owed. And Brown also threw a truck at a, a truck, threw a, a uh, rock at the vehicle. Um, the driver said that on the 911 call, the driver said that Brown was high at the time of the assault. Um, after finding out about the arrest warrant being issued, Brown apparently locked himself away in his house. It just keeps getting worse and worse, Bo. Um, I don't. It's Bra- it's sad to hear that he's that he's already that he's off. Like I mean, there's no way he's passing a drug test to get back into football. Yeah, well, what Brown, it sounds Brown, like you know? Brown is now facing charges of burglary with battery, burglary of an unoccupied conveyance, and criminal mischief. His trainer, as well, was part of the assault. So his trainer is also. Uh, facing assault charges um a week ago just a week ago antonio brown went live on instagram and was having an explicit rant to the mother of his three children in the presence of his three children so you know this this is something that happens weekly at this point and the biggest question i want to ask you about all of this bo and i because i'm i'm personally you know at first i was just getting annoyed 
with all the stuff with Antonio Brown. I got annoyed with him coming out and apologizing and saying that he was sorry for the things he's done and then turn around doing it again and again and again. And the biggest thing that I want to ask you now, and it's something that I'm starting to actually like get worried about for his well-being. Do you think any of this could be linked to CTE? Uh, it could be. It really could be. Or does he have um, another medical condition? You know, it does. Is he on other prescription um, pills that he's not taking and he's having mood swings? Like, I, I don't know what's going on with this guy because he seems to not know what's going on with himself. Yeah. And I mean, dude, in some in some cases, uh, mental health deteriorates with age. I mean, it could be it could be something that he's not getting help for. He doesn't, it could be something he doesn't know he has going on. It could be nothing at all. He could just be misguided and misled, you know, and probably thinks he probably thinks the, I think I don't probably think he definitely thinks the whole world's against Antonio and then Antonio versus the world in his mind, you know, and really a lot of people want him to be good again so they can root for him. Exactly. I'm at this point. Okay. When he pulled the first antics and the second antics, I was like, you know, you get what you get, man, you get what you get, you know, it's going to bite you if you do something wrong. Like I said, it was the first episode ever, Bo. Yeah. When when I was talking about the first TSR episode, I talked about Miles Garrett and Antonio Brown. It said that the NFL will move on without you. So, you know, you, it's a privilege to play in this, in this league. The NFL will leave you in the dust if it has to, it's not going to wait for anybody. And it's, it's not going to, especially not going to wait for Antonio Brown. If he keeps acting the way he is, but my thing is, I am pulling for the guy. I want him to find help. I don't know if he needs. I think he definitely needs therapy. I, I don't. I don't know. He needs to talk to somebody to help him. And, and that was even said by Drew uh, Rosenhaus, you know, uh, his agent, because yeah. Rosenhaus terminated his rep- representation of Antonio Brown amid all of this happening, and even said, "I will not represent this guy. I'm done until he goes and talks to somebody and gets help." I think that so, was the right move by him as well. It was, but that's what makes it scary, man. This guy, the agent who, you know, is closely – agents are closely linked with their guys. They, they, you know, they, they're around their guys all the time. Rosenhaus obviously saw, like, something is very, very wrong here. Like, I, I need to completely back out of this situation. So that's what's scary, man. I don't know what's going on with with Antonio Brown. I don't know how he can act like this on Instagram – Act like this, you know, out in his neighborhood <laughs> and then go home. And I'm not I'm not trying to say anything about Antonio Brown as a father, a family member or anything like that. But, you know, I know Antonio Brown doesn't want his kids to grow up and then see all this stuff that their father did. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it, yeah, it's, he needs to. And I know the guy cares about his kids a lot. He always posts about them on Instagram. So. I mean, he definitely upset. loves his kids. I it's mean, upsetting it to see this happening to a guy that has seemed to be like a, a loving father, a guy who seemed to give it all on, this fo- on the football field. It's just very hard to watch the deterioration of Antonio Brown's reputation, and it seems like he has lost all control and all moral ability in this situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he like he's, he's lost control. I don't think he had. I don't believe he had a good team of people other than probably his agent in his corner. I mean, and that's that's just my opinion. I think he needs to like he's like his agent said. He needs to seek counsel and and just figure out what's going on. And you know, as uh, Marshawn Lynch would say, take care of your mental. Yeah, take care of your mental. Uh, so 
Shout out to Antonio Brown. I hope he gets the help that he needs. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, hey, beyond, man, take care it's not of your funny mental. anymore. It's like, get help. No, Good luck. Not. You know what I mean? But, but take care of your mentor, Antonio Brown. Um, yeah. I hope everything works out for you. But we're going to be moving on to some college football topics here. So are you ready for this? Are you as hype as I am? Oh, the Senior Bowl? Oh, come on, man. Say Super. it again. Say it again. Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl. <laughs> Bro, I'm going to tell you right now, man. The Senior Bowl, all the talk. So – let's let me let me say this let me say this before i say anything else i am extremely jealous of my 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 guys my boys my fellow blitzalytics scouts that are in mobile alabama right now guys i was supposed to be in mobile this year um unfortunately i was unable to go but shout out to jack cody and roy guys you guys are killing it i'm seeing the content you guys are putting out there keep doing your thing Keep making Blitzalytics look good. I'm just so proud of you guys. This is growing every day. Blitzalytics just keeps getting better. So keep doing what you're doing, guys. I'm very proud of you. Makes me very proud to be a part of Blitzalytics. But the Senior Bowl, Bo, I've been all about it. I've been watching film religiously, um, watching it on TV. It's been so much fun, man. And there's a couple of guys that are killing it right now. Their draft stock is up, and I want to just say these guys' names. I don't know if all of you guys that are listening will know these guys. I'm going to try to give you a little um, input into who they are, though. So most people know who Justin Herbert is, the Oregon quarterback. It's going in the draft this year. I would say he's probably going to be the third quarterback drafted, wouldn't you say? Okay, unless Tua has a bad medical checkup, wouldn't you say Herbert's probably almost a lot to be the third quarterback drafted, Bo? I'd, yeah, for sure. I'd say so. If, if Unless Tua has something seriously wrong. Yeah, for sure. So Justin Herbert, guys, has been impressing scouts down in Mobile. Um, he, he was the most talented signal caller coming in this year in Mobile, and he's shown every bit of that. He's lived up to that expectation. And then another quarterback, Bo, that you said that you actually like a whole lot, and I like him too. He has, he has a lot of potential. We just got to see if he can can tap into it. Jordan Love from Utah State. So this guy right now, pretty much Justin Herbert is just trying to solidify, you know, top 10 status. That's what Justin Herbert's doing. Jordan Love, though, is Jordan Love is trying to basically take himself from being like a early second, mid second round guy to locking himself up in the first round. And Love has come out and he has played really well at the senior bowl. And I think he's 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 trending towards first round right now. Um, he's been compared to um, Patrick Mahomes and Jameis Winston. You know, it's a mix of the arm angles he can throw from, the velocity he throws with, the uh, deep ball accuracy. All of that plays into it. Um, I've watched a lot of film on this guy. He's mobile too, but he has unbelievable touch on the football when he throws his passes. Um, the biggest thing has been, Bo, he struggled against LSU, uh, bigger name teams. So we'll see if he can. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Go ahead. I'll say that's what I was. I was about to say he's the kind of guy, like you said, he's sent from the drills and the practices you've been you've been seeing, you know, on the internet, all the videos and everything I've been reading. Like he's his stocks training up. He's looking good, but it's like when the lights cut on against the top talent, you know, he's the kind of guy that could easily hurt himself in this draft. You know, a bit well, heavy, heavy criticism coming out of there, you know, and he's been there's a there was a lot of there's a, there's three quarterbacks from the Pac-12 in this. Uh, Didn't even mention Anthony Bowl. Gordon, too. Yeah. And he and I think Anthony Gordon through uh, I'm not don't get me wrong. here, like 
over 45 touchdown passes or something like that. Threw a ton of touchdown passes. So, I mean, like, if Jordan Love throws a few picks and plays bad, and a guy like Anthony Gordon comes in and slings that thing, it doesn't help him. You know, he's an easily guy who could fall if he plays bad. And it's it's guys like Anthony Gordon that the senior bowl bowl up so much. Again, like I said, Justin Herbert is going in the first round. Justin Herbert would have to completely just just completely lose his mind at the senior bowl and play the worst he's ever played to not be a first round guy right now. Like I said, Jordan Love has some to gain, but Anthony Gordon can move himself up an entire round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Jordan Love can move himself up possibly 15, 20 spots. Gordon can go a whole round or a round and a half. So yeah. the late round guys, if they come in and show at the senior bowl, a big a big guy that did that, a guy I scouted last year, Bo, I know it's at a different position, but Debo Samuel out of South Carolina, who's played mm-hmm. great for the 49ers this year oh, he's in his awesome. rookie season. He's going to be in the Super Bowl. He came into mobile last year. His get off off the line, his hand fighting, his cuts, his breaks, he went off. He was unguardable at the senior bowl, and it – put him into the second round paid off they, it paid clear, off clearly and, the Niners saw the intensity that he brings to the field on Sunday exactly and speaking of wide receivers KJ Hill the wide receiver from Ohio State has been that unguardable guy this year at the senior bowl he has burnt I mean just taking the careers of every corner that has gotten up against him he's doing it in in front of probably 110,000 plus people that would be scouts media all of these people watching him he, he has just completely burnt the DBs that have been trying to cover him. Van Jefferson from Florida also was a great uh, – has, has done great at the Senior Bowl. I, a quick a quick fact on Van Jefferson. So so obviously last year, um, Bo, Ole Miss had D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown. I'm trying to think. I'm 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 blanking on the third one's name. I can't remember the third one. I would be so mad at myself after the podcast. But they also had Van Jefferson on the <laughs> same on the same wide receiving core. Man, that's incredible. It's insane. It, it's insane. But Van Jefferson has done himself a lot of favors with the way he's been playing at the Senior Bowl. Another wide receiver. So I just talked about two of the smaller guys: KJ Hill, Van Jefferson, with their build. They're smaller guys. Um, like a slight build on them. Michael Pittman yep. is a big-bodied USC receiver, um, and that's the University of Southern Cal. Not he University had a of lot Carolina. of hype when he when he hit USC too. He had a lot of hype. This guy may be able to high point the ball better than anyone I've ever seen, Bo. Yeah. Okay. Stretch. Stretch. Didn't mean to stretch it that far. Better than anyone I've seen in this draft class. Let's say Mike Evans is still was still Mike pretty Evans amazing still, when he came yeah. out. Mike yeah. Evans still plays football. When Mike um, Evans came out of AM, I was like, good God. Oh yeah. Boy, he, he can get up ladder. for it. He, he climbed the ladder, man. Up for it. He is the ladder. <laughs> but Michael Pittman has showed that he is a legitimate big bodied receiver, man. He's been high pointing the ball well, uh, bodying his DBs, uh, getting open. And it's it's really cool to watch because I I can't remember exactly. I think I had uh, Michael Pittman as a tier two receiver in my rankings. I think he's probably ranked uh, at the, the later end of the like top 12 guys, right? But the way he's playing now, he may move himself up in like, the top eight, top seven. I was disappointed uh, that Tyler Johnson, I think, from Minnesota didn't. I think he Yeah, it was a really big him, snub. They? No, no, he didn't. Oh, he, he never got an him? invite. He never oh, got an invite. Wow. So I can't believe Tyler Johnson uh, from Minnesota hey, did not get an invite. Yeah, I didn't like that. 
But like I said, Pittman is showing off that he is a legitimate big body wide receiver in this draft. He's been unguardable. So that's awesome to see these three wide receivers helping themselves out a whole lot. Another guy on the defensive side of the ball, other than Derek Brown, who is should be a top 10. Okay, he's a top 10 talent. You know, we we don't know what's going to happen in the draft. But you he's know, people's needs, you never know. He's a lock for top 10 in talent in this draft. The guy right behind him, Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, South Carolina yeah. had the most incredible story in the press conference of the Senior Bowl. He talked about how he grew up having no money with his family and how they never had anything to eat and had to uh, like boil water to just have clean water and stuff like that. And then he said he never dreamed that he would become a collegiate athlete, um, never believed he'd be at the Senior Bowl, never believed he'd be heading to the NFL draft. So that's awesome, and it's always one of my favorite things to see when you hear the stories about where these guys have come from and what they have been through. Um, but Javon Kinlaw was already, I would say, already a first-rounder, and now he's just locked it in. There, had, He has been unblockable. He, he's put a, a few of the offensive linemen on their, on their backs – and it's been amazing. He plays with such – he's a bigger guy, and he has the type of power to where he can he can basically just stand off its alignment straight up with one strong right arm, okay? But the biggest thing about Kinlaw is that same power, he has such a fast get-off off the line that the, the power really overtakes you as an offensive lineman. So, and like I said, that's shown in the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl – Offensive line group has had very bad problems blocking Javon Kinlaw, which is exactly what these uh, scouts want to see for their NFL teams. But moving on, Bo, Miami, talking about another draft uh, draft prospect, and I think everyone knows who he is. We're going to talk about Joe Burrow. You know who Joe Burrow is, right, Bo? Yeah, I've, I've heard of him, I think. Yeah, I've heard of him. I heard the guy can play football. Someone told me about heard, him the other day, I think. I heard he can sling it. You know, ain't, ain't no big <laughs> I, deal. He's all right. He didn't win, but, any, he didn't win any awards this year, did he? No, I don't think it, he may he may have got one or two. I can't I think, he, was he the Heisman snub this year? <laughs> no, no, actually no. He won the Heisman. You want to know why? Because Joe Burrow is the man, he's, and he's going to be the next quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, yeah. guys, Miami, the Miami Dolphins are rumored to want Burrow. Their owner wants Burrow really bad. That's who they're looking at. Bo, so me and you were talking about it a little bit earlier, and we didn't really get to the answers. So I want to get to the answers real quick. Okay, first. Obviously, they could trade up for him. Anything can happen in the draft. But could you see the Dolphins trading up for Joe Burrow? So obviously, since that is picking um, first, and then the Dolphins are number five. So do you see the Dolphins trading up for Joe Burrow? Or do you think they stay where they're at and, and watching Tua? If Tua comes in healthy. Do you see them just taking Tua? I see, I see Miami attempting to get Burrow, but I see Cincy probably holding their cards and and keeping Burrow. But I think, I think uh, Cincy's going to have a really big asking price because I mean this kid's pretty amazing. Probably just had the best college season you've, we've ever seen. I think I think it would take something like the RG three trade in the draft. I forget what that was for, but it would probably take multiple firsts. <laughs> well, so you gotta you know think I mean? about it. So, okay, so so like, let's think about it. Let's let's think what it actually would take for the Dolphins to get the Burrow, um, the Burrow. That's what I'm gonna start calling him. I didn't even mean to call him that, but I'm gonna call him the Burrow from now on. Um, so 
the Dolphins own three first round picks. Are you taking all? Uh, so do you think they're going to send all of those? Do no, you think? I, okay, I think okay, they'll, would they'll the Bengals offer, ask for all three? Probably. I mean, why not? You hold the cards, but I mean, I think the Dolphins' initial offer will probably look something like swap your first picks. Like you take one, you get our first pick, and then the Dolphins offer their other first round pick, whatever. Either probably offer their last pick in the first round, keep their middle one if they can, and then they'll offer them because they have two firsts next year already. Probably offer them a first in the following draft, you know, something like that. And wouldn't be surprised if they got a late rounder. I mean, dude, they Miami has too many picks. They cannot put all these guys on their roster. They're not going to bring in fourteen to to seventeen rookies. They're just not. They're, I don't see that being a thing. You're not going to yeah, have 20 no. rookies running around the field trying to put them on a team together. It's well, just not going to happen. You might. You might. I mean, uh, they're going to. I think they're stockpiling to get a good player that they know, you know, to like they they still have so many picks that you can still have a ton of rookies but make a bang like a huge trade. Okay, you know so here's I mean? my theory. Let's, let's think about this theory real quick. So obviously during this this season we saw that Tunzel got traded from Miami. Um, now obviously they got a first round pick for him when they sent him to the Texans, you know, and they got the they've got the fifth overall pick. And, uh, and obviously they were tanking this year. And where did the, do you remember where they got the the second pick in the uh, the the second first round pick from? Do you know what trade that was from? Oh, it's from Minka. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they get they get ours like it's like twenty or eighteen. Yeah. So like so basically, here's my theory. I think the rumor has just now gotten out that that owner wants Burrow. But here's my theory. I think that owner's been wanting Burrow. I think early sure. in the season. Why I think stockpile they, all the picks? Exactly. So I think they were selling all these guys early because they wanted to get yeah. all these picks because they knew they knew whoever had the number one pick was going to take Burrow. So they thought ahead way ahead of time, more early than a lot of teams think ahead of time. Um, I even though I think teams are going to be doing the exact same thing for Trevor Lawrence next year. Um, they better be. But. I think the Dolphins definitely have a plan to try to move up. I think they're going to be pressing the Bengals buttons as much as they can. They're going to be calling as much as they can to see what it takes. I do believe the Bengals hold on to it, though. And I do believe the Bengals do select Joe Burrow. Um, like I said to you, Bo, if I told you I, I told you the other day when me and you were at a restaurant sitting down eating, I told you that I will already have my Joe Burrow jersey the night of the draft. That is a Bengals jersey, and I told you that if the Bengals screw this up, that because at this point I'm not taking anything. I've been through it enough with Andy Dalton. You know, Andy Dalton. He, okay, he's done some good things for Cincinnati, but I have been through enough losses in the playoffs. Uh, I've been I've been through enough just complete heartbreaks as a Cincinnati fan. I, I you couldn't give me anything right now to not take Joe Burrow. You really couldn't. So I will have that Joe Burrow jersey, and if the Bengals get that draft card and they say someone else's name, I will take it off. I will go right outside and I will burn it in my driveway. <laughs> and you and you already told me you already told me that you're there to r- r- videotape it if it happens. Well, this is we don't need. Yeah, I'll videotape that definitely for the TSR account. And this is you pretty much it's on the airwaves now, so this is uh, yeah, so this is confirmed. Now I got now I can't back out now. Can't back out. People are gonna um, ask about that. It was just uh, just like your um, what was it the uh, tattoo you were supposed to get, right? The uh, 
the uh, what was it four twelve the uh, Pittsburgh the area four, code and the, and the yeah and the uh, the Ducks a birthday too. Oh no, nah, shoot, that was your idea. I wasn't nah, nah. gonna get I wasn't gonna get yeah, a Duck Hodges on me. Huh? You get the four one two tatted, man. You get that I, Pittsburgh area code on I'm you. thinking about it. I've, I've trust me, man. I've, the amount of times I've discussed Pittsburgh tattoos with people, and they people just tell me not. To, I don't have any right now tattoos at all. People just tell me not to, but. If I get one, it's definitely going to be Steelers related. It's it, but me and my family, especially me and my dad, it's it's like our whole relationship. So it, it means the most to me. Yeah, man, that's it's awesome. Uh, if you got that tattoo, that would definitely be one for the uh, the books for TSR. So you, you got to keep me updated on that. But I'll, guys, I'll keep thinking about it for sure. Guys, we're gonna move on here. So just just a quick little thing I want to talk about the NFL draft this year is the stage is supposed to be on water, and what this means is. After being selected, each players what well, each players players will be brought to the stage by boat. Uh, my question, Bo, is is this going too far? Uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit, but I mean, the, it was the NFL. They want they want to like the Nashville ratings and the way that like the way the whole the whole destination Super Bowl thing worked, man, it's just gonna get more and more extravagant. It's gonna be it like really is. it's gonna be like the Olympics coming to town. <laughs> they might they might as well just have it. They most might as well just host it at like JFK uh, airport and just uh let these guys fly in on private jets. Honestly, I would not be surprised if like it's just such a big event every year now that I mean they're 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 moving all around the country and people are loving that. But like Vegas is just a perfect place for that every year. It really is. It really yeah. is. Um, just like, just like you know, and and when I was there last year, I really saw why. I'd always heard that it was a perfect place, but I really saw why it was. Um, when I was in Indianapolis last year for the NFL Combine, it was. I see why Indy is the has been the the amazing spot that it has been for the NFL Combine. Um, Indianapolis is awesome. It's right around the downtown area. There's a lot of uh, draft events going on, scouting events going on at all the, the local bars and stuff. So so when you find a place like that that hosts an event like that so well, more than likely you're going to keep it. Again, I don't know if Vegas is going to have the draft again next year, but, you know. No, I think they're going to keep moving it around. I think that's the They'll plan. keep moving it around, but I, I love and, – and unfortunately, I believe this is the last year that the uh, scouting combine will be in Indianapolis. So next year I will be flying somewhere else, and everyone knows how, how much I love flying. So okay. that ought to be interesting. Um, anyway, Bo, so also I want to talk – just give a little shout-out – or not shout-out, a little – um. Um, yeah, I guess it's a shout out. <laughs> uh, t- uh, the TSR positional rankings for you know every position in the upcoming draft: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, things like that. Um, my full positional rankings should be out by mid-February, so be looking out for that on Twitter. Um, I do a, I do some short snippets about some of the top guys at each position, break them down, give some player comparisons. So I can't wait to get on that. I've been working constantly watching film, uh, making notes on players. I was up to about three o'clock in the morning. The other, um, I think it was two nights ago, up to about three o'clock in the morning, um, finishing up my offensive tackle rankings and finishing up my interior offensive line rankings. So um, I will have those out on Twitter around mid-February, and I will remind you guys to go check them out around that time. But, Bo, I'm going to go ahead and give our last words here. Um, guys, Ramiro Ferrand, I talk about him every episode please contact him and that is for guys that are small school 
uh, athletes that are looking for athlete management and representation, find him on Twitter at Ferrand Sports. And Ferrand is spelled F-E-R-R-A-N-D. That is at Ferrand Sports on Twitter. Please contact him. I look to be having him on for an interview. He told me he would love to come on the TSR podcast, talk to you guys, get his message out there. So I cannot wait for that. Also, Robert Robinson, please check him out in his merchandise, his T-shirts. This guy is going to be uh, designing TSR's first collection of T-shirts. I cannot wait, and he he can't wait either, even though he doesn't know about it. So shout out Rob if you hear this uh, if you hear this um, podcast if you listen tomorrow or this week. I guess you just found out you're going to be designing my shirts for me. So that's how good this guy is, people. Please go out there and look at his merchandise. He's an amazing. Uh, with his drawings he does he makes them pop like i said i've got like 11 of them i'm gonna frame them around uh around when i have a studio i'm gonna frame them around it so can't wait for that please check him out uh, check out blitzalytics on twitter blitzalytics is b-l-i-t-z-a-l-y-t-i-c-s check them out on twitter visit blitzalytics.com go to the members tab Find Jacob Patterson, and if you click on that, you can see my page, the articles I've written, explains some about TSR, has a little bio in there if you don't know me personally, so you can find out a little bit about your uh, TSR host on there. And also, just talked to him yesterday. I have an upcoming upcoming interview with Justin Wilson, who is a hybrid defender. He's a hybrid between a safety and a linebacker, which is coveted. Highly today in the NFL. You know who else is a uh, safety linebacker hybrid? Isaiah Simmons, Bo. That's who. The guy who's a top 10 lock this year. Um, I was talking to Justin on the phone, telling him that Isaiah Simmons is coveted in the NFL and that it's going to help his case. He's going to the National Scouting Combine produced by Jimmy Kibble this year in Indianapolis. It's going to be awesome. We have it scheduled for not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. The next Saturday following that, we are going to have Justin Sim, uh, Simmons, Justin Wilson come on and do a little interview for us. I cannot wait to talk to him. He's an awesome guy, and he's a hell of an athlete as well. Uh, Bo, go ahead and give you a plug so everybody out there knows where to find you and find their co-host for TSR. Uh, yeah, and <clears throat> if you want to find me uh, on Twitter, you can go to – capital t-s-r lowercase b-e-a-u it's at t-s-r bow uh i just put up tweets mostly about the sealers but really now now from now on it's probably gonna be a lot of college guy stuff uh there's not much to talk about in the nfl ways when it comes to the sealers <laughs> since they're obviously not in the super bowl so uh you can find me there i do a little contributing writing for uh last word on profootball.com been a little out of the game haven't put an article out in a few weeks but i'm working on right one right now on uh, matt canada the steelers new quarterback coach so uh be looking be looking for that to come out and how him joining should uh, help these young guys we got that uh you know pretty much had to hold us down for the whole season last year so i appreciate you having us on have me on again jacob it's always a blast Oh, you know you're going to be on every time, man. You're the co-host. I'm the host. We're going to keep bringing you guys some quality football content. Um, guys, please look me up on Twitter. I'm about to get my 400th 
follower guys Bo's already beat me in that category i'm kind of salty about it i just haven't told him until now so guys please <laughs> get me caught up to Bo. i am the guy that is supposed to have the followers in this competition so please help me out in that regard find me on twitter guys at scouting llc and then follow tsr on instagram guys i've gotten a massive amount of followings recently uh, we're almost at 400 followers on instagram as well so find TSR on Instagram at scouting underscore LLC. Any small school guys out there that want to have some film broken down, get a scout report, get some promotional work done for them. Let TSR take care of you. We take care of it the best. Please email me scoutingbreakdown at gmail.com. I will work endlessly on your stuff. You guys are trying to get to your dreams and I'm living my dream helping you guys out. So please Go and email me. Get in contact with me. DM me on Twitter, on Instagram, or go ahead and just send something to my email. Bo, it's been amazing, man. I've had such a good time talking to you tonight. Can't wait to see how our Super Bowl predictions turn out. We'll obviously talk about it a little bit more in the lead up to it. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And TSR out. You guys have a good night. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of mass significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Well, I got the gotta get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue.